We've been in a, for a long time now in the gospel of Luke going consecutively through that. But we're taking in this Advent and Christmas season, now we're going to be taking a, a pause. Uh, Jesus is getting ready to go up to Jerusalem and things are really going to heat up then. Uh, but today, we're, I am bringing us the addresses from the Advent angels, messages or addresses from the Advent angels. Uh, that's the beginning of our Advent series. And in this series, I want to focus on messages of those angels and what they meant for God's people in that time and still today, what they mean for us. Uh, so, first thing that we're going to do is on this day, this first address is the address of hope. That's something the world needs a lot of, the address of hope. And that comes to us in our scripture reading from Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 25. This is the word of the Lord. Hear it with careful attention and appreciation. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall this be? How shall I know this? 
For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah. And they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. And after these days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. And for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. The word of the Lord. Let's now ask his blessing on this reading of his word. Oh, Father, send your Holy Spirit to illumine our minds and hearts, to give us facility to understand the word of truth. And we ask this all in the name of your wonderful, beautiful son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Seldom does an Advent slash Christmas occasion or season arrive that I don't think about many of my favorite Christmas carols and things of that nature, movies, music, but I have one that I really, really is high up on the totem pole. Some of you know it. Some of you, if you don't know it, you need to watch it this Christmas, Advent, and season. It's a wonderful life. Starring, of course, none other than Jimmy Stewart. He is, of course, the character George Bailey. George had the world by, by the tail for a while, but things got really bad and hopeless for him, if you know the story. George Bailey on that snowy bridge, thinking of ending it all, plunging himself into the icy cold waters to get over the hopelessness that was his plight. He was in an impossible situation. And he thought, there is no way out. I'm not going to spoil the rest of the story of how he got out of that predicament. You need to watch It's a Wonderful Life. All right. I'm going to be checking. 
No, not really. You see, George Bailey's situation, though, reminds us that at this time of the year, without question, someone, somewhere, is up against an apparently impossible situation that feels to that person or person's hopeless, seemingly with no way out. And maybe, just maybe, it's one of you. It's important to remember that even though times and cultures may change, God does not. God's character remains the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And the address of the angel to Zechariah is one of those stories that tells us and shows us how that is true. The address to the angel to Zechariah was that God can breathe hope into the most hopeless of situations. Now, two points today. Hope for the impossible situation of Zechariah and Elizabeth. That's in the past. And hope for us in our time. Now, today's scripture reading tells the story of this advancing in age couple by the name of Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were godly, God-fearing people that loved the Lord. And, as you know, Zechariah was a priest. And now they were, though they had been faithful to the Lord, they were advancing in age and a lot of things that used to work weren't working. And now in their long years, past the age of being able to have children. In other words, Elizabeth was barren. And they both felt and carried the humiliation of that. And the hopelessness weighed heavy upon them. You see, in that time, many of you know, that was a sign. If you were barren, if you were not able to conceive and have a child of your own, that was a sign of you being cursed. You and your wife were cursed. There was something you must have done wrong. You must have done something that brought the wrath of God down upon you. So it was believed. But in this situation... God uses this climatic moment in Zechariah's career as a priest to make his move. This was Zechariah's once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. 
He would have only been able, with there were so many priests, there would have only been one opportunity. And this was right at the pinnacle of that opportunity for him. And the people were outside praying, praying for the redemption of Israel, longing to see God do it again, what he had done in faithfulness before. Now, Zacharias turn to burn incense in the temple. And suddenly, he finds himself standing next to an angel. A specific angel, this is told later in the text. God's angel, Gabriel, had come to him with something to say. And essentially, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. I'm not reading it from the scripture. We've already done that. But, if, but essentially, here's what, the, what Gabriel had to say to Zechariah. Zechariah probably had a smile on his face. Go home and have an intimate night with your wife. Because she's going to have that baby you've been waiting for for all these years. Now, how do you think Zechariah responded to that? Oh, goody! Goody, goody gumdrop! Oh, man, I can't believe it! Thank you, thank you, Lord! Or, let's celebrate! Let's go get some folks and gather everybody around and celebrate! No? was neither of those or anything like that. Basically, what it was stated out loud probably was not. Kind of scary to be around an angel anyway. But the angel knew exactly what he was saying in his heart. That's impossible. That's not possible. Now, in spite of Zechariah's godliness and a lifetime of service in ministry, his faith was weak when it came to believing such a promise, even if it came from an angel, from heaven, and even from a very notable angel. You see, in spite of Zechariah's godliness he just couldn't believe (laughs) there had to be something about this that was wrong Zacharias says in effect "Uh, how can I be sure see he uses an emphatic statement when he says for I'm an old man He's basically saying, don't you, don't you understand what happens when you get where I am on the clock of life? Don't, don't you understand? In essence, he's saying, who do you think I am? Father Abraham? I know that happened for him and Sarah, but that kind of thing doesn't happen 
people like me. So when Zechariah blurts out his question, how can I be sure of this? He's not. He's not speaking with amazement. He's speaking with skepticism. He ain't buying it. He's not believing it. Like Sarah long before, he's in essence saying, yeah, yeah, right. You mean to tell me that? Now, God's response to Zechariah was pretty swift through the angel uh, uh, Gabriel. You know, you notice he didn't seem to be, as you read through that, he didn't seem to be too pleased with uh, Zechariah's response. And he said, oh, I'll I'll match you something that will go well with what you're saying. (laughs) Basically, you're not going to (laughs) speak. If that's what you think, then you're not going to be speaking for quite a while. God's response to Zechariah is to strike him speechless until the baby is born. It's it's temporary. He's going to get his speech back, but not for a while. You know, sometimes God has to shut us up so that we can listen to him and find out what's going on. Sometimes you say, well, why is God doing this to me? Why Why is he blocking this? Why is he shutting? A lot of times... We're, we're too busy trying to get it done in our own strength and our own way. And Zachariah sure couldn't see there was a way. But basically, God essentially said, okay, we need to put you over here on the shelf for a while, Zachariah. Let you ponder. Let you think on some of these things. This will be a good exercise for you. Remember, he's still God's child. He's like the rest of us. He's blown it a lot of times. But he's God's child. But he needs some, he needs some time out. <laughs> he needs to take some time out of the picture and contemplate what he has said in his mind or what he's believing at that point in time. Now, trusting God is <laughs> a hard thing for us to do, isn't it? Is it possible sometimes that we can be walking with the Lord and be strong in some areas and then also be horribly weak in others? Anybody? Can anybody acknowledge that? Sometimes, I, I, because God has done, I'm, sometimes I felt like the, the Lord is with me. I, I feel like I'm riding you know, with him, shotgun or something. I have felt that. But I've also so many other times failed. So many other times not done what pleases him. And so it's, there's, there's, we fail. We have higher moments and we have lower. Well, this was clearly one of the lower ones for Zachariah. You see, Note well, though, here's the, here's the encouraging news. Even though there's that up and down for us, note well that trusting God and being filled with the Holy Spirit 
and prophesying the blessings of the Messiah. Who went on to do that? Zachariah and Elizabeth. This up and down, not always consistent, sometimes really honoring God and sometimes failing. And yet the good news here and the hopefulness of this point, the whole message is about hope. The hopefulness, they came to the same point. Both Elizabeth and Zechariah. And they trusted God. And they ended up being filled with the Spirit and prophesying the blessings that would point to the Messiah. The long-promised Messiah of Israel. They got to have a piece of that action. They got to have part of that. Listen to how it's expressed in chapter 1 of Luke's gospel, 67 through 80. I'm not going to read the whole part, but this is where it starts. And his father, Zechariah, this is after, of course, after the time in which he had already got his, his uh, voice back. At this, he said, And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. A descendant of David is going to come along. And is going to be the answer to all their prayers. Everything they've been waiting for is going to come. And it's coming sooner in a way they cannot yet fully understand. How hopeful for us is that news that God would be sending the solution, the answer, the Messiah long promised. And these ordinary people got to be a part of that, even though they failed. So when you fail, get up. And remember, your failings, because you were in Jesus Christ, are not ultimately fatal or final. Now, what about, that's hope then. What about hope for the impossible situation of you and me? Because as I just alluded, we've got a problem. We've got a problem. You see, when Zechariah was in the temple, God begins to reveal an unexpected way to redeem humanity. It's not anything that the people of Zechariah's time understand or even begin to comprehend. It's mystery to them. But God sends forth a forerunner through this couple. His name, as you've already heard, is John. And he sends a forerunner, John, before the one who will take away the sins of the world. 
And that, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. John sets it up. John prepares the way. But the promised one, the Messiah, is coming. And he's coming to take away the sins of the world. You see, all the assembled worshipers who were praying outside that day when Zechariah was in the temple doing his duty, they couldn't keep the law perfectly. Try as they did. And certainly, I'm sure, Zechariah and Elizabeth tried to be faithful to the Lord in, in as many ways as they could. But it would not be enough for them or for anyone now. All, the, all of this, they were in a hopeless situation of attempting to be 100% righteous. Now, did anybody think they qualify for 100% righteousness all the time, every day? Day in, day out, every hour, every minute, every thought. Anybody want to claim that or suggest that you can do that? That's an impossible demand. It's an impossible. It can't be done by you or by me or by anyone else. But you see... Through thoroughly unable to accomplish it is our condition. Humanity was and still is if they are not already in Christ in a hopeless situation. And certainly that was the situation in that day. The angel's message to Zechariah was that his son, John, was to play a special role in the unfolding of God's eternal plan. Listen to how that's said in Luke 1, 17. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah and to turn the hearts of the fathers to, and their children and to the disobedient, to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That's why John is coming. That's what he's, he's setting the stage. But the deliverer, the Messiah, the only one that can bring it, is not yet here. Zechariah, though, came to understand that after all these years, God's time to send the Redeemer was at hand. It was right on the doorstep. And he's and Elizabeth are getting to have a piece of that. Getting to see and experience that. Because they had been gathered from this. That one who would come. And this is in his prophecy. Would be the Redeemer. God's Redeemer. The one who would forgive people of their sins. See, we can do a lot of things, but we can't forgive sins. That's why the, the Pharisees blew their mind when Jesus did. They never stopped to think, you know, only God can do that. But this guy's doing that. Nah, nah, can't be. See, 
Zechariah came to understand that. But the only one that can forgive sins is Jesus. The one who would forgive people their sins and relieve them from the impossible burden of having to be perfect all the time, in all ways. The only one that can make us, despite our sin, acceptable before God. You're talking about hope. To know that no matter what happens, we are going to be regarded as acceptable before God, a holy God. Zechariah was praying not only for an end to his shame, but a restoration for Israel. You see, the angel's address was essentially this. People, your prayers have been answered. You can't count on the fact that God has forgiven, I mean, forever fixed an impossible situation, but in a way that you can't yet imagine. He's basically saying, you're not going to understand how this is going to be done by God, but it's going to be done. It's going to be accomplished and it's going to take you out of this impossible situation and put it in an incredible reality of being in favor with God forever. That's the point that the angel is saying. He's saying your prayers have been answered. The Savior that you need will be given to you. The impossible will become possible. Now the message Zechariah heard from God is for us here today as well. Don't be afraid. I've got this. That's what God is saying to you, Christian. If you're in Jesus Christ, if you've trusted in him and him alone, God is saying to you, no matter what's going down or what will go down, he's saying to you, I've got this. I've taken care of it. It's all been dealt with. And it's no longer in your future. Wow, what an incredible promise. And therefore, if that's true, we don't have to be afraid. God has all of it in his control. Listen to the Romans 8, familiar verse, verse 31 through 32. What then shall we say to these things? Talking about all the things that mess our lives up, all these things that turn out to be difficult or hard or, or awful, that turn out to be disastrous, it seems to us. He's saying, in light of all of that, what then shall we say 
to all these rough circumstances and difficulties. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare, he said, here's the answer. No matter what all that other stuff is and how it affects you and how you feel about it and how scared you are, all of it, it's been answered because of Jesus' coming. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also graciously give us all things? Does that mean all things the way we would like it? No. But everything we truly need to be in glory with him forever whether we're here and when we get there, it's already all wrapped up in a bow. It's finished. It's been done. Come what may. That's an address of hope now and always. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you that that is an address of hope. That has come because Jesus has come. Zachariah and Elizabeth got to see the, just the edge of its beginning. But Father, we know now, Paul tells us, it's already been accomplished. It's already finished. It's already been done. And all that nothing ultimately can harm us. Come what may. Whatever comes into our life, whatever suffering, whatever sorrow, whatever disappointment, you will finish what you have done in us. Lord, thank you. Thank you for so great a salvation and for so great a Savior as our Lord Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. In his name we pray. Amen.